Welcome to Momentum Church. Well, this morning I want to get right into it. This is our fourth week and final week in our series we've been calling Never the Same. And we've been looking at our compass culture. Just what makes us uniquely us as far as, as, as a church, as the driving force behind us as far as values go. And, and we believe that as you embrace these four guidelines, that will literally allow your life to never be the same. And so we started looking at in north, it's a compass. Nothing is impossible with God. As we explored an adventure into faith, the next week we looked at South, yes, Scripture. We want to be able to hold fast to the Word and stand firm. That's the yes, stand firm in God's Word as we have adventures in God's Word. Amen? The third thing we looked at was the East, the E, and it's experiencing more. And I told you that's an adventure into more of God, more from God, and more for God. It is an adventure in His presence and His purpose. And today we're going to be jumping into the subject of the W, the West. And what that is, it's winning together. Everybody say together. together. Everybody together say together. together. Yeah, now listen, the louder you are, the quicker I'll preach. I'm telling you right now, we'll get out of here. <laughs> and so yeah, so winning together, we're going to be looking at that. And um, as long as I believe we live a life that we are content with less, we'll experience less. Amen. But if we have a life that we're like, no, I want more. I want what God has. I want to embrace this compass culture and have a life that is never the same so that I can lead other people to have lives that are never the same. You know, that's the whole call upon this house. It's a call upon you, whether you go to this church or not. If you're a believer, you have a call on your life. And that is this. It is to guide people or lead people on an adventure to more in life through Jesus. Every one of us have that mandate. Back when I was a plumber, that was the mandate. I'm trying to get toilets unstuck. But the mandate on my life was to get the, oh, I feel like preaching up in here. The unstuck soul <laughs> freed up. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Every one of you are preachers in this house. Every single person here, you're a minister of God. And as we understand that and we flow in that, God's going to do some incredible things through us. And so I invited you. I invite you on a journey last week. And um, this last Wednesday night, we had an amazing time of worship, amazing time in his presence. I was so excited. On the way home, Maverick told me he got baptized in the Holy Spirit right there, right there. Man, come on. Arden, she's like, Daddy, I felt touched by God. I don't think I've ever felt touched by God before. Man, you want that, amen? Man, I just touched my heart as a daddy. I want to see that. I want to experience more. I want you all to experience more. And so with that, we kind of gave you an invitation last week to do something different. And I was talking about those t-shirts, those crazy t-shirts. How many thought that was crazy last week? Be honest. Come on. Be honest with your preacher. Yeah, a little different. And I was telling you guys how last fall, Brantley and I were talking, and we had this thought. If we could get our people praying for people, if we get our people realizing the anointing of God on their life, the call of God on every single person that is a believer, because we believe in the priesthood of the believers, not just the preachers. If we could get people just to realize that they stepped out in faith and they could experience more of what God is wanting to do and people could have their lives touched. And so we had this idea that if we put t-shirts on people, and ask them to wear them one day a week. How can I pray for you? If they can just wear them one day a week. Okay, Lord, 
I'm preparing my heart. I don't know what's going to happen today. But if somebody asks me, I'm going to be ready. And you know, I told Amy, I said, you know what? I have a feeling that we'll have maybe 20, 25 people. That's kind of, if we have 20, 25 people that sign up for that shirt, I'm going to be a very happy pastor. I'll be happy. That's 20, 25 people that we can, we can pour into, you know? And I'm here to tell you this morning, we had over 60 people so far want that shirt. Come on, somebody. That's 60 people responding to an adventure in literally an adventure in faith. Because it takes faith to step out and say, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're the God of the impossible. Let's see what you're up to today. That's 60 plus people that are embracing adventure in the word. I don't know what to say. Well, I better learn what to say. I don't want to pray my words. I want to pray his words. So that's an adventure into the word. Uh, God, I need you to show up as I walk out in your purpose. That's an adventure in his presence. This whole thing, guys, it's not about the t-shirts. This whole thing is a setup. Shout setup. I'm serious. That's all this is. It's a setup because it gives me over 60 people that we can pour into, 60 people that can become emissaries of the gospel of Jesus, 60 people that can become ambassadors full of the anointing of God, the touch of God on their life, that who knows what God might do in and through them. 60 people determined to grow. Amen? See how excited I'm excited? It's a setup. It wasn't about the t-shirts. It's about access. It's about your heart stepping out. And, and so on March 1st at 7 p.m., we'll announce it as it gets closer. That night on a Wednesday night, we're going to give the shirts out. But we're going to have a time that night of giving information. We're going to worship, but we're going to give information and teach you how to be a witness without being weird in that moment. All right? We're going to teach you how to be spiritual without being spooky supernatural without being, do you get it? You know what I'm trying to say, right? And so we're going to have information that night, but also there's going to be inspiration that night. And then there's going to be, I love this, ready? There's going to be impartation that night. I believe in the impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit through his vessels. Not that I'm anything special, but I know how to pray for people out in public. And it's not weird. It's not strange. And I lean into the Holy Spirit to do it. And we're going to teach you and lay hands on you and impart that into you. Amen? Then that leads to the fourth thing, activation. I believe a lot of people want to activate it in things. And they just need that confidence to be activated. Amen? And so we're going to be able to help you understand the gifts of the Spirit and just be able to be submitted to Him to move in those things. And so as I said, it's a setup. What it does is it will increase your dependency on God. It's going to be something that will increase your desire to grow. Because if I'm going to pray things, I need to learn things. It's going to increase your faith. Remember I told you in the first week that Jesus, he rebuked his disciples not for not having faith, but for having little faith. In other words, underdeveloped faith. And so this is going to increase the development of your faith. And then finally, it's going to increase your boldness to speak. Every chapter in the book of Acts, except for one, every chapter, the Holy Spirit touches the people of God, and you see them going forth. And in every chapter, there's divine speech whether it's prophecy, whether it's tongues, whether it's a witness, whether it's a declaration of healing, whether it's a declaration of deliverance. But you see all through the book of Acts, the spoken word coming forth from the mouth of God's people, and it brings forth results because of Jesus' power in that word. Amen? I want to see that for us. Ooh. And so that increases your boldness to speak. I want to get into my teaching today, this winning together, but I want to go a little bit back to Wednesday night 
and then go forward to the winning together. It's all going to flow. It's all going to tie. But Wednesday night, I had written this first part of the sermon, and during the service, I just felt a check in my heart that not to share it on Wednesday night and to share it this morning. And at first, I thought, God is so disjointed to where we're headed today, but it's not. I saw how God was tying it together. And so I want to go back. I want to lean into that idea of speaking with voice that is bold, a voice that is bold. Because I think there's something powerful that we need to embrace as God's people when it comes to using our voices to declare God's word, all right? And it goes all the way back to the very character and essence of who God is. In Jeremiah 10, 13, when God utters his voice, there is tumult of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. It was God and his spirit that went across the face of the deep, but then across that chaos... Across that, that, that gap, uh, that, 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 that expanse of voidness, it says that he spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. And then he spoke and the separation of the firmament from the waters began to take place. And he spoke, shout he spoke. Yeah, there's something powerful about speaking, and God is a speaking God. It goes on. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Speaking of his voice, and the wind from his storehouses come. All throughout scripture, that wind, the ruach, the spirit of God, the breath of God, it's a symbol, the wind of the Holy Spirit. And it says here that he sends it forth from his storehouses. I just want us as a church to get a little bit more from his storehouses. Lord, I want more of the wind of your presence. Speak into this house, Jesus. If you'll speak, Lord, then we'll speak. That's the next thing. Because the Bible says he created you in his image. And if he created you in his image and he's a speaking God, guess what you are? You're a speaking person. And he still uses the authority of his word in and through his body, which is you now. Amen? David understood the power of his voice when he was going through things. In Psalm 59, 17, he said, I will lift up my voice unto the Lord to sing your praise. Y'all, when we come in this house and we worship, there is an anointing that will come if we lift up our voice. If we don't come in as passive, if we don't come in just, this is not the song service. Oh, Allie's so good. Ain't she pretty? Oh, she had beautiful children. Her husband's so handsome. All true. All true. But if we came in, I will lift up my soul before the Lord. I will rejoice before you, Lord. And we're lining our voice up together to worship him. Oh, that creates an environment. Something that God just dwells in and begins to do something powerful and amazing. Amen? Why do we lift up our voices? And we saw David, but why? In Isaiah 58, 1, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. That was a good place for you to shout right there. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. I was waiting for somebody to be like, Can't do it. I saw a great video of a guy with a shofar, and he was ready, man. Church was bumping. He going to blow that shofar. And he goes, <laughs> poor little guy. He just, couldn't, he just couldn't make that happen at all. I'm sure God was, oh, I love his heart, you know. But no, the idea of a voice being lifted up like a trumpet, you know what that is? It's a declaration of triumph. 
All through scripture, you see the blowing of the trumpet, the lifting of the voice as a declaration of triumph. In in Gideon's time, you saw it. You men surround the enemy camp, and I and all the men with me will blow our trumpets. When we blow our trumpets, you blow your trumpets too. Then shout these words for the Lord and for Gideon. They broke those vessels. The light shone. They blew the trumpet for, uh, for the Lord and for Gideon. And God gave them victory over the Midianites. They marched around Jericho, and on that last time around, they blew the trumpets, and they shouted, for God had given them the city. How many want some cities to be given to you, amen? Things that you feel have been held back from you, you want those things to be brought forth into your life, amen? I think our voice needs to carry that at times. I think our voice needs to be that trumpet that is a trumpet of triumph. There is power in your mouth, and we see in scriptures that we are snared by the words of our mouth. And so I want to tell you this, if we are snared by the words of our mouth, then guess what? You can also be set free by the words of your mouth. Amen? To be able to declare and speak the word of the Lord in Romans 15, because I want you to catch this. We're, We're called to lift up our voice, but we don't lift our voices alone. We are called to lift our voices together. Shout together. We win together, everybody. This is where I'm headed with this, okay? So we have individual responsibility, but then we bring that individual responsibility all into the body together. Romans 15, 5, and 6, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the Lord or glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That together we would glorify God. Last Sunday, we talked about the early church as they faced persecution, and they were being threatened, James and John, they were being, or Peter and John, and, 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 and um, I just forgot, I think it was, no, it was Peter and John, Peter and John were being threatened, and, um, and they came in together into a room to pray, and it says when they had heard it, the threats, they lifted their voices together to God, and then what we saw last week, and I want to remind us, because we're going to go back into worship in a little bit, it says this, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together, you catch it? Gathered where? Gathered where? That place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. God did a work in the house so that they could do a work outside the house. God do a work in the midst of their fear and their struggles so they could do a work outside the house with strength and boldness, the opposite of their fear, amen? love that. And so why do we lift up our voices together? We do it because it's an act of agreement. Like I said, I'm heading somewhere here. We're going to be talking about winning together. I just want you to see your personal responsibility with your own voice. And now we're going to add our voices together. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Truly, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth asking anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst the midst of them. That's the power of agreement. There's something powerful about coming together in agreement. There's something powerful about coming together as a team. And that's why that west, that directional orientation of our compass culture is so important because we need to understand if we're going to win for the kingdom, we're going to win together. We're going to win together. Amen? I I, I think of like... 
Grant when he played on ball teams. How many has kids on ball teams right now? All right, all right. I remember my boy, that's 20, he'll be 21 next month. I remember my boy, Grant, when he played on the ball teams. He's a little five-year-old. Remember how five-year-olds were playing soccer? It was so much fun. It was like bumblebees, just no rhyme or reason, just focused on themselves, what they're doing. You know, and then the ball would kick out, and they'd have a spurt of motivation. Oh, there's a ball. I'm going for it. And they're like, oh, now we're playing soccer. No, not, not really. So they go chasing after that ball. And, and I remember Grant one time, the ball got loose. And you got to understand my pride in soccer. I mean, I played from four years old up until my early 30s until my knee got destroyed. But I love soccer. So to watch my boy, he saw that ball and he's going after it. And I'm like, get it, Grant, get it. Look at that drive. And he's running after that ball. And as he gets closer to that ball, his hands, he sees one. <laughs> my hands are like muscles. My hands are like muscles. My arms... And, and now my little guy is just distracted, lost all focus. There ain't a team one on that, that field. All there is is his little, little muscles and his little red hair. I'm just, just running around, you know? And um, you know what that was? It was a mark of his immaturity. Don't miss that. That was a mark of his immaturity. A few years later, it wasn't like that. But when he was immature, he was distracted easily. When he was immature, he got his eyes off the ball. When he was immature, he got his eyes off the team, and he got his eyes on stuff. (laughs) Took him out of the game, right? Mac, oh my gosh, Mac plays basketball. And this year, like, like watching him play basketball, like all the years up to now, painful, you know, you've been there with your kids. I mean, just painful at first, you know? And this is the first year where it's like, oh, man, they're passing the ball. Like, they're, they're calling for stuff. I even saw a kid on Saturday. There was a pick and roll. He, they didn't mean to do it. They're still clumsy. <laughs> they're 11. <laughs> but, but still, it was like, oh, pick and roll. That was beautiful. <laughs> and, 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 but you know what it is? He's maturing. He's maturing. There's growth in Mac and that team. And they're starting to not be on their own. They're starting to play as a team. Everybody shout win together. together. Acts 2, 42 through 43, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. That sounds like being together, doesn't it? Growing in his word, growing in fellowship, growing in the anointing as they pray. They're felt, they're together. Watch what happens. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. That's what I want for Momentum Church. That's where the Lord leads us into more for his glory. Amen. The world needs to see us win together. The world needs to see the church winning together. They need to see that. The world is not waiting for a new definition of the gospel. No, they're waiting for a new demonstration of the power of the gospel. And when I look at that passage, that power really, time and time again, it came on the backside of them coming together in unity, even from the first time in the day of Pentecost. They were all in one accord. They were in a place of unity, and the power of God came. And then we saw it again as the house was shook. Amen? And we're seeing it again here as they come together to study and to be together in the word and to be together in fellowship and and the anointing of God gets on them and it begins to spread that others are being saved and signs and wonders are happening. And so I believe that we need that demonstration of the power of the gospel and I believe that power is seen when we strive to win together. I do, when we strive to win together. 
what is winning together? We have all these adventures. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's an adventure in investment. An adventure in investment. What is an investment? It's an act of devoting time, finances, and or energy to a particular undertaking with the expectation of a worthwhile result. Well, I think the kingdom purposes are worthwhile. Amen? But all of us at times have put our hands to things where it was our finances, it was our time, it was our energy, and be honest, it was probably not worthwhile result or worthwhile things, right? How many here has some guilty pleasures? Chick flicks. Somebody else, not me, not me. I'm sure someone else. But, but yeah, we all do. And there's times where I'm like, oh, that was a waste of time. What did I just do, you know? But we have to guard our investment, amen? And, and the thing, there's power in investment. When we work together, man, we can do some crazy things. And, and the outcome, that's the goal. And sometimes the outcome isn't as worth much, you know? And I, I saw something this week that blew my mind. This week, I saw a little video of some guys. You all know what a hoopty is? All y'all are cultured. Okay, good. So these guys had a hoopty. And um, for everybody 60 and older, um, it's just like, a, it's a, like a, a, a tricked out car. Okay, and so they had this ride, and they had put hydraulics on it. Have you seen this? And this old green boat of a car, they're lifting this bad boy up and up and up to the glory of Jesus. <laughs> and then they mash the button, and all of a sudden, this thing goes And I'm like, that's the most useless thing I've ever seen in my life. You can't go down the road like that. If you carry your expensive eggs home from the grocery store, you will break them <laughs> in that. <laughs> but I'm watching this, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know what that was? They won together. I mean, the outcome wasn't my desire for an outcome. But, oh, my word, their time, their investment. All the guys were standing around just proud as could be. They had fabricated things and built things and made things and put time in it and put money in it and, 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 and put their energies and their intelligence into it. And now they got this amazing ride that will save nobody. <laughs> but we won't put time and investment and energy into kingdom work together. And we laugh at them. Amen? Who's getting the last joke? Satan? Yeah. So I want to challenge us to have that mindset to win together, to do things that you didn't think possible. I didn't think it was possible to take a car and make it do that. And that video showed me different, you know? And so I'm trying to talk Amy into letting us do that with our Subaru. <laughs> we're going hiking. We're going hiking. <laughs> no. <laughs> In Acts 2, 44 through 47, and all who believed were together and they had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. In other words, they were all together doing everything they can to propel things forward. Their energies, their times, their finances, all those things. And so we win together. And I'm gonna tell you three ways. One, we win together when we serve together. That's the first way. Working in agreement is powerful. And I want to challenge every single person here that you will find a place to serve the kingdom of God. Amen? Stop making excuses for not doing something for the glory of God. Amen? Don't discount yourself. God will equip you if you'll step out. Amen? 
And so all I'm saying is we've got to be people that stand in agreement with God and each other when it comes to serving. And there's so many opportunities here at the church. You can go to mymomentumchurch.tv or point that camera at that little thing on the back of the chair and you can find opportunities to serve. But find some place to serve. I want to give you a couple areas that I think are probably the greatest investment of serving that you can do. And here's where it is. Zero to 18-year-olds here at Momentum Church. Our children's ministry, middle school ministry, and high school ministry, I believe, is one of the greatest areas that we can pour into. My life was changed as a kid because of youth leaders in my life. They kept me. They kept me. My one youth leader actually was my brother-in-law. He was my Sunday school teacher when I was in high school, and his birthday was last week, and I flew all the way to Ohio just to celebrate his birthday and flew right back. Went for like two days, day and a half. Why? Because when I was 15, 16, he helped keep me as a teenager. And he's still invested in my life and vice versa. And so I want to encourage you, pray. I'd say don't pray. Serve. Let the prayer stuff catch up later. No, I'm kidding. No, we need kids' ministry. I would say we need 15 new people involved in children's ministry from zero to, to 18 years old. We've got great ministry, but we want it to be really great. Amen? We want it to be like signs and wonders and people going home with their needs met great. Come on. People being added to the kingdom great. Amen? And that will not happen if we don't embrace that. And here's the thing about it. It's a powerful ministry. I, the, the, the young family, Zachary and Sarah, and their little guy that was baptized today. Man, they were touched. You saw They were touched by the power of God, and God drew them, and now she is serving in this place. I want you to hear her testimony. So they had made kind of a, like a general announcement on anybody that might be interested in it, um, you know, reach out and learn more. And I was a little hesitant just because I was new to Momentum and wasn't sure if that was something that I was able to do or if that's something that they wanted me to do. You know, am I fit to be a leader for these children? And just like uh, being afraid of questions and not knowing the answers um, or being afraid of saying, I don't know for a child, you know, who's looking up to you, expecting that you know everything um, and being able to be comfortable with saying, you know, that's a really great question. I don't know. Let me, let's go find the answer together, whether it be in the Bible or with, you know, Miss Addie or, uh, you know, another pastor. Um, or even being okay with them teaching you things. You know, hey, Miss Sarah, did you know? And then they tell you something and you're like, wow, you know, we can go and look at it together and realize that's something that I didn't know. And so being able to, to learn from them just as much as they can learn from me. My favorite thing about being a small group leader is watching the pieces connect. Um, so right now, you know, we're in God's big story, so it's in chronological order and watching weeks you know, even though I'm there every other Sunday watching things kind of come together and make that bigger picture and watching the light bulb start to go off of, you know, that makes sense from week one and putting it all together and then being able to talk and have discussion questions and then be very thought-provoking answers and listening to uh, their perspective on what the lessons were. So the thing that I look forward to the most is when I'm on the carpet and they all start to walk in as service is starting. Um, and whether they you know, come give high fives or come give a hug or say hi, and then they wanna tell me you know, what they've done that week or 
Uh, today one of my students brought in one of her favorite stuffed animals and she was telling me all about it and where she got it from and just hearing and catching up with them from what they've done you know since the last couple weeks because having the every other Sunday rotation I don't get to see them every week um, but having that catch-up time and really building on those relationships with them um, and then just going into service together is uh, probably the favorite part. I'm Sarah Kazan and I wasn't sure if I was able to be a small group leader at MoKids, but it has been the absolute most rewarding experience of my life. Can you thank Sarah? Yeah! Good job! <clears throat> Amen. So here's the thing. Today, just get involved with, with serving somewhere, but especially pray. We would love for you to serve with our kids in our, in our, our student ministry, and um, you can sign up online. And here's the thing about that is if you're here and you're saying, okay, how long do I have to be at Momentum before I can serve with kids? It's six months, okay? And so I will say that, so I just want all the parents in the room to know that we have a process. It's six months. You'll have a background check. Amen and all those wonderful things. And so, but until the six months comes, we want to know you. The Bible says to labor amongst those, labor with those that you know, and so we want to know you. And so with that, we would like for you to connect with Pastor Stephanie, connect with Pastor Adelie, Pastor Tyler, you know, our youth children and our, and our, our volunteer um, coordinator ministry. Um, connect with them and get involved somewhere. That way we can start to build those relationships. If you've been here a long time and you aren't serving anywhere, Really? Really? Okay. I don't think shame's a great motivator. Amen? It's not. It's not. And it shouldn't come to that. We should just have that sense that God is good, and this is an investment in a worthwhile thing, seeing lives touched and changed. Amen. And so, <laughs> so believers, we need to be those who serve each other. The second area, winning together. We win together when we give together. I love the scripture. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, and it laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as anyone had need." What's this speaking to is committing to faithful giving. And it sounded like these guys were giving almost like everything. Well, they were in a famine. There was a huge need at that time. And that, made, that was the response that was probably necessary to take care of the community. But they understood the community well enough because they were together and they understood this is what it demands right now. Who knows? There may come a time in America where it will demand all of us taking care of each other. Amen? We need to practice that now in part. <laughs> And so we need to commit to giving faithfully. Great things happen. We win together when we invest together. We win together when we give together financially. And I'm just going to give you a few things. This year, we were able to host our first first responder gala, where we were able to raise more funds for reaching out to first responders in our community. With that and your generosity, we were able to provide the help for medical bills, take financial tension off some of those first responders in our community, provide Christmas gifts for others. Um, we sent several first responders and their spouses to marriage retreats designed specifically for them. That's what happens when we have our finances, when we bring our, our finances together into the kingdom. Second, we were able to host that, that, that event in, 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 in Asia. 
Southeast Asia, where my wife and I were able to go and pour into over like about two dozen um, pastors and their wives from that area, 35-year-old young people that are serving as pastors. You all invested not just in them as married couples, but because of that, invested in their churches. And we're still hearing from them weekly. We got like a running dialogue of, of trying to always translate stuff when they send it. You know, thank God for software, right? But praise the Lord for that. Those churches, those pastors, they will never be the same. Third, you were able to do this. We win together, right? When we invest together, when we give together, there's a church across town, greater church. It's not our church. It's a church across town, but it is part of our team because we're all one team, amen? And they were getting to go into their new building after years of being portable in various locations, and now they have their own building, and they're drive, their parking lot was a mess, and their guest service area needed to be taken care of, and you all were able to send $5,000 to set them up, literally a week and a half before their opening day, and they're killing it over there, amen? Bookending the county right now. Why? Because that's our family, and we win together. In December, you were able to bless Jazzy, the little foster child, with $4,000 that changed her, her whole Christmas, obviously, blew her mind. It, it changed her, her clothes that she needed, toys that she had, had taken from her, and gave finances to start to create um, some needed changes in the home that she's at so that it would be better suited to her needs. Y'all did that. And then finally, when it comes to finances, your past generosity during our Hope Don't Quit campaign, that's what we raised funds to buy this building, Amen. And because of that, your past faithfulness, and you know people still give at times to our building fund, because of that, we were able to now sit on $1.1 million in equity on this property in just six years of having it, or I guess it's almost seven years now. Isn't that amazing? And so we were able to, to borrow a little bit from that, and as you can see on the property, we now have the building painted and a new roof and the, 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 the front porch for fellowship, the amphitheater. We're going to do some really neat things in that amphitheater the coming year. We had some HVAC. That's never exciting. <laughs> but it is when you're burning up in here, you know. It's like, feels like hell in here. <laughs> Give me heaven. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> yeah, it gets hot in here. And so we had like three new HVACs brought in. I mean, just, just a bunch of stuff. And, and new vinyl. Oh, this is great. How many saw the front, that, that foyer dipping down? It was starting to, to, it did it years ago, and we skimmed it over, and it did it again, and it's just going to keep doing it. And so they came in last week and drove rods down, literally 37 feet in some places. Crazy to hold that floor up with solid ground. So our foyer will stay. Amen? It's not going to drop down on the ground no more. Praise the Lord. So all those kinds of things. But financially, <laughs> together, we make a difference. Amen? Not just to mention the day-to-day -day ministries and the benevolence ministries and all the things we do. And so the problem is something stands in the way of our generosity. What stands in the way of this generosity that we should have? It's this. It's money you owe or money you think you can't release. Right? That's what it is. And I'm going to call it debt. Like, because every one of us has, in a sense, debt. Things that are over our head that we've got to pay. I looked up the word debt. It means money that is owed or due. And so, yes, maybe I don't have debt, but I'm living like I have debt because I have all this that I feel so due. So I'm calling that perceived debt. And this is what I define perceived debt as. Money that's due that determines your decision regarding generosity. Due, like your mortgage. We got those. Your car payment. We got those. A, a, a coming vacation. 
We want those. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You fill in the blank, but that's money that's due, and it becomes a perceived debt in a sense. And so then at that point, we say, well, I can't give because I have debt. Can I be honest with you? People that are neck deep in debt never get out of debt because they never develop discipline. You know what can help develop discipline? Being generous. Giving yourself less so you manage the, more, the, the, the rest better. I'm serious. Rather than just continuing, I, I, I can't be generous. I've got all this debt. I can't be generous. I got all this debt. Oh, one more meal on a credit card. It won't be that big a deal. I can't give because I got all this debt. One more, one more, right? I'm not making no friends today, but I didn't come to make friends. Come on. I come to make disciples. Can I give you a def- definition of debt? Because everybody wants our finances. Can I come and give you a definition of debt? Debt is this, doing everything but tithing. Now, when I say tithing, we at the church, we know the Bible teaches a 10% principle, but I want you to think of generosity, faithful giving. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And I want to do something really neat today. Jessica, come up here. She doesn't know this, okay? Um, but here's the thing, doing everything but tithing, okay? That idea of, of giving faithfully. I got to handle this, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, but I, I can't give because of all these reasons. The scripture says to bring your first fruits into the storehouse. And the thing about fruit is when you see God's creation, he creates everything with maturity. He created Adam and Eve ready to procreate. He created a tree, not a sapling. He created it ready with, ready to have fruit on it, right? And so God, the reason why is because everything in the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's everything is his. That's why scripture tells us he gives seed to the sower. It's not just that you have fruit, your harvest, there's seed in that harvest. Amen? So everything you have in your life is from God. And this is what scripture says. It says, now the full number of those who believe were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. It represents that. They realized everything they had was God's. Come up here, Jessica. I didn't tell you I was gonna do this. And so I I, I have some finances here. And so I wanna, so it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, and 100. My dad always taught me, you count money towards you because you don't want money going away from you. (laughs) I thought it was kind of wise of him. So I want to give that to you for now, okay? And so that's $100. Here, come over here. Let's get in the middle so that's easier on the cameras. So can you thank Jessica for coming up here? (laughs) Scaring her to death. (laughs) And so she's got that. And the way tithing works a lot of times is we'll say, okay, you give 10 to God. So give 10 to, not to God, to to Ross. Okay, yeah. So, and then that's the way the picture of tithing is. I earned this I earned this at my job, and I'm giving 10 to the church. And that's the mindset. And it's easy because that's the mindset to make a choice whether to do it or not to do it. Because it's mine. I earned it, and so I'm giving God back what is his. And so the thing with it is I want you to get a different picture of what tithing is. Because this is the picture I have of what tithing is. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Here's your tree. It's your job. Everything that you have, guess who gave that to you? God. So the tree, the fruit, and the seeds in the fruit, all this is mine. (laughs) It's the fullness of the Lord's. It's all his. But what God does, God says, and I know this is exactly how it looks, but this is the picture I want you to get in your mind. God goes, all this is mine, but Jessica, I want you to have 90% of it. I want you to take that and go and be blessed. And guess what? I'm going to bring more fruit. And then it's just the process just continues. Do you see the difference? It's, it's all his, and he's giving us 90. But he doesn't do that. You know why? Because he's never going to manipulate man's will. 
he always gives man the ability to make a choice. So he's given us the opportunity to say, God, I recognize it's all yours. Thank you that it's all yours. Here's 10%, but thank you that it's all yours. None of it's mine. And teach me how to be disciplined with all the rest of it. Does that make sense? Do you see how that works? And so he goes, it's yours. That's all yours right there, you know? And then the $10 goes to the kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's yours. God bless you. Mm, we love our girl, Jessica. Jesus, touch her, Lord. Amen. No, no, take it, take it, take it. Be blessed. Go, go, go. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And so I hope you can get that picture in your mind of winning together through giving. And that, get a revelation of that. It's all his. And we're just giving back. We're a returner more than a giver. Does that make sense? We're returning more than giving. And the last thing, and we're going to go back into worship and some prayer. We win together when we grow together. We win together when we grow together. And this is speaking of small groups. This is speaking of gathering together to pray. You know, there's journey groups that happen all over the place through the week. Right now, we have prayer that has started on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock here, just for an hour, 10 to 11. If you're free on Saturday, you want to come pray. Just opportunities to get together in Acts 2. 42, 43, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Goes down a little bit, and it says, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want you to stand up. The reason why is because we're going to go to worship and prayer together. Because we win together when we pray together. We win together when we grow together. We win together when we come together. And so we can see in the scripture promises that when we come together in prayer, God shows up and does mighty, mighty things. Verse 31 of chapter 4, I'm going to finish with it. We read it earlier. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. There's people in this room this morning. You need things shook in your life. Maybe there's a sickness that needs to be shook. Maybe there's a a relationship that needs to be shook. Maybe there's some confidence that needs to be shook. Maybe some expectation that's diminished that needs to be shook and risen back up in you. What I want to do today is as we go back into worship, if you have a prayer need and you're a lady, I want you to come up over here. And some of our ladies that are just know how to pray, you know, um, don't discount yourself. If you're like, I don't know how to pray, come on up anyhow. Stand beside somebody that does. Listen, learn, amen? And so if you're a lady and you want prayer today, come up here and, and during worship, and we're going to have people praying for you. If you're a man, we'll come over here on this side, amen? And, um, and whatever that need might be, we just want to go back into worship and practice what we've preached. As we pray together, the house is shook. God does amazing signs and wonders, amen? And we leave in all of what only he can do. And so let's win together in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.